With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fans, welcome to another episode of Steelers Crunch with Tony. I am your host, Tony Defio. Thank you for joining me on this fine 60-some degree day in November. What a crazy year 2020 is. I remember on my birthday in May, it was in the 30s, and I had to wear a uh, tassel cap when I went out. And today I have shorts on. So anyway, thank you for joining me. And if you are enjoying this fine Saturday afternoon, if you're out for a walk, uh, you can always check this episode out on Behind Soul Curtain's uh, audio platform. We have uh, You can find all of our podcasts on, on anywhere you, where you can find a a uh, any on any audio platform and please check out our YouTube channel where we bring you uh, uh, podcasts each and every day, pretty much uh, except for Friday. I get asked that a lot. Uh, we don't really have a, I always have to answer this question every week. We don't really have any live YouTube shows on Friday as of right now. So I just wanted to get that out there, but you can check us out on, you can check out the hangover with me and Brian Anthony Davis, the Scobro show with Dave Schofield and his brother, Rich, uh, the Steelers preview with, with, with uh, Jeff Hartman and Brian and, and Dave, uh, the Know Your Enemy with with Michael Beck and and Jeffrey Benedict. That's a great show. Lots of great content on our YouTube channel, so please check that out and check out Behind the Silk Curtain the website where we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, breaking stories, trades like like Avery Williamson last week. So it's as you like to say, it's your one stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And thank you to everybody in the live chat for joining me. There's Steelers Pittsburgh, Dave Shipley, who called me Mr. T, which I wish I was that tough, but I did go to the gym today, so I feel I feel tough right now. Michael, Michael Malley, Ryan Kellerman, Isaac. Uh, uh, Isaac, uh, I'm not even going to – I won't I won't embarrass myself for trying to say your last name. But Isaac, thank you. T-Money, my friend Terry. So uh, George Teston, Gyro. Joe McCamey, so Ezra, all right, you guys are really uh, piling in here today in the live chat. And as always, I have a few topics I'd like to discuss on today's show, starting with the Steelers' 28-24 victory over the Ravens last week to improve their record to seven and zero. That's the first time they've been that they've that they are seven and zero since 1978. Back when I was in, I guess, kindergarten or first grade, I don't even who knows. It was so long ago. It was the 70s, so that tells you all you need to know about about what an amazing year they're having so far. And of course, it was a uh, it was your typical Ravens and Steelers game. It was back and forth, right you know, right down to the very bitter end. The only difference this time is it was a four point spread instead of a three point spread at the end. And you know, I have to give the Ravens credit; they played a good game. They they as as usual, they they stayed within themselves and they they ran the ball. They they threw all kind of different. <laughs> Running formations at the Steelers, the uh, traditional run, uh, of, of course Lamar Jackson uh, running, and and and, and the, the option RPO everything, and they and they 
outgained the Steelers on the ground, 265 to 48, I believe. And overall, in total yardage, it was 457 for Baltimore and 221 for Pittsburgh. So, you know, they really played a great game. But the difference in the game were the turnovers. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it is about people, but some people just never want to accept turnovers. It's a very important stat. There's a reason why coaches, head coaches, always always uh, illustrate turnovers and always point them out and highlight them and, 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 and explain why they are the most important stat in football. And uh, you saw that last week. You know, you had, you know, so many people, John Harbaugh was complaining about the end of the game and the, the final play where the uh, Lamar Jackson pass, and it was a good pass by Lamar Jackson. It was, it was actually right on the money. It was a really good pass by him from about the 20-yard line. Uh, he was trying to hit Willie Sneed, uh, but but Mika Fitzpatrick and, and, and Justin Lane came along and, and knocked the ball away, and it was really a good play. I don't know. <laughs> There's so much controversy about this play, like it was a Jesse James play. If you want to talk about a controversial play, that was a controversial play that didn't that kind of defied the eye test. Whereas this one, uh, if they would have called pass interference on Fitzpatrick or or a helmet to helmet hit, which is what Harbaugh was was complaining about, I might have that might have been a, an egregious call by the by the official. So I don't know why everybody is acting like it was an obvious screw job by the officials on that play. But uh, having said that, you know the 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 actual difference in that game were the four turnovers by Baltimore to, to one by Pittsburgh. And and three of the turnovers by Baltimore, two, uh, one led directly to a touchdown when Robert Spillane picked off the uh, the third play. On the third play of the game, he picked off Jackson and, and uh, returned the third and three yards for a touchdown. Uh, uh, later in the first half, uh, the or in the first quarter, actually, the Ravens were inside the, the 10-yard line, looked like they were going to score uh, to make it, 10-7 at that point, and Dupree knocked the ball away from Jackson. Pittsburgh recovered, and that that was a at least a three point uh, or a, yeah six, a three point swing, maybe even a seven point swing right there. And then early in the third quarter, High Smith, the, the Baltimore was 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 uh, winning 17-7. The Steelers had just gone. It wasn't three and out, but they they had the second half kickoff. You were hoping that they would uh, get some points out of that drive, and what did they do? They punted right away. So the Ravens had a chance right there to put the game away or really take control of the game. And Jackson threw an interception to, you know, Alex Highsmith picked him off and that set up a, a, a score to, to Eric Ebron. And just like that, it was 17, 14. So uh, three, three turnovers by Jackson alone. Actually he was responsible for, for all four turnovers, but three of them were uh, two of them led directly to touchdowns by the Steelers and one prevented at least a field goal by the Ravens. So, that's always been an important stat. And I don't know why people, again, I don't know why people uh, just try to dismiss that. I remember a number of years ago, back in 2012, it was, uh, everybody remembers Charlie Batch's last start against the Ravens, where he, where he led Pittsburgh to a, a come from behind victory in, in, in Baltimore. And that was a great game. I loved it. But the week before in Cleveland, when, you know, he, he was filling in for Roethlisberger down the stretch when he was out with the, uh, the shoulder sprain, the SC joint sprain. And in that game, people forget about that game, but that wasn't as one of his better games. The Steelers lost to the Browns, who were horrible as, as they usually are, in Cleveland. And Pittsburgh turned the ball over eight times in that game. Eight times. And the next day and the remainder of the week, people were trying to insist that the Steelers had the better defense and they had the better team. And they would have won if it wasn't for those eight turnovers. <laughs> well, no kidding. 
because eight turnovers are a big deal. And if you turn the ball over that many times in the game, you are not the better team. And for people like Rex Ryan and, and other people to say that the Ravens had the better team last week. All right. I guess I can give you, I, I could, you, you might, you, you can get away with that based on what the Ravens have done the last two years. You might be able to say, well, they, they took it to the Steelers and the Steelers got lucky. But that's only if you think that turnovers are lucky, and I'm not one of those people that thinks that. I think turnovers are, are, are a product of, of uh, uh, filling your roster on defense with playmakers, and the Steelers have done that, and they've emphasized uh, taking the ball away or, or, you know, in recent years, something that they couldn't do for the longest time. And I argue with people for years that the, the reason why the Steelers' defense wasn't what it was in the, the heyday of the, the, the 2000s was because they weren't able to, to generate takeaways. They were averaging 19 a year. Heck, two years ago, they had 15, I think it was. 15 or 13, whatever it was. It wasn't enough. I know that. So turnovers are a big deal. And and to me, repeat myself for the fifth time, and, and that's why that was the difference in the game, and that was a legit victory by the Steelers. And I think they proved a lot in that game. You know, uh, and, and they survived some, some – uh, uh, if he calls themselves uh, the, the call on, on, it was, I think it was officially credited to Cameron Hayward. The, the, I'm sorry, it was officially, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick was penalized for, for hitting Lamar Jackson out of bounds early in the game. It was actually Cam Hayward, but it really shouldn't have been a penalty anyway. If you have a running quarterback like Jackson and you know, he likes to, to, to fake it like he's going out of bounds and cut it back inside. What's it, what's a defender supposed to do? First of all, defenders are supposed are, are taught now to let up when it comes to when it comes to you know a running quarterback you know they're always expecting those guys to either go out of bounds or slide and you have a, a player like Jackson who's totally different than any quarterback in the NFL and what he likes to do he's basically a running back when he when he's you know that's how dangerous he is he's a running back he's not a your t- traditional quarterback that likes to get extra yards he likes to take he, he's capable of going 80 90 yards when, whenever he breaks into the clear so and that's what he looks to do so for, for to penalize and punish defenders and, and expect them to treat him like a regular quarterback, like a traditional quarterback, I think that's that's unfair. So I think that, that was a horrible penalty, and it led directly to seven points for the Ravens because they kept their drive alive. So uh, nobody points to that play. You know, They talk about the last play of the game where they, they wanted either, again, the you know, defensive pass interference or, a, or a, a, an illegal hit, but they don't talk about that penalty, which I think was totally – agree you know egregious so those are my thoughts on that game and after the game after the game later that night it was reported on social media and then it was made official on monday that the steelers had traded for avery williamson they traded a seventh or a fifth round pick in 2022 and in exchange for avery williamson uh, inside linebacker of the jets and they also get a seventh round pick, which I don't know how they pulled that off. <laughs> Whatever they, the Jets want to want to give them a pick in addition to uh, acquiring the services of Williamson, that's fine. And I thought I think it's a it's a it's a great move by the Steelers. And depending on who you listen to over the course of last week, it, Williamson's either going to be a a backup. He's just here for depth behind Spillane and Vince Williams, or he's eventually going to supplant. Spillane for the as a starter, which I could see the thing happening. I mean, I don't think the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, whomever, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna wound or or bruise Spillane's 
uh, confidence by saying, oh yeah, we brought Williamson in to be our starter eventually. Cause you know, they, they need to, they need to rely on him, meaning Spillane until Williamson is, uh, is cleared to play and until he's, he's used to the system. And so naturally they're going to, they're going to, uh, say, you know, give Spillane a vote of confidence. And, and as far as some people are concerned, he deserves that vote of confidence. I mean, you saw what he did last week. He, he had the interception return for a touchdown. He made 11 tackles. He recovered another fumble, another fumble, although it was a fourth down play that the Ravens went for it on a fourth down. So it really wasn't, it would have been a turnover anyway, but he still, he, he, he fell, he, he, he recorded that um, turnover. So, I mean, he's played well, you know, some people say he's, he's just a, uh, He's he's making so many tackles because because the Steelers are getting gashed in in in, in the running game, or they're, they're getting gashed on the ground. Other people say he's just all over the field making great plays. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is the the acquisition of Williamson makes the Steelers linebacking core that much better because they can't have the same situation as they had in 2017 when they went into the playoffs. And I think it's seven and zero. I don't want to jinx anything, but I think they're going to make the playoffs at seven and zero. You can't go into the playoffs having with, with uncertainty at that position. What if Vince Williams gets hurt? What if Spillane gets hurt? You know, and then you then you re- really are signing guys off the street like they did uh, late that year when they when they re-signed Sean Spence, who was sitting on his couch at home watching football when they when they signed him. He was the starting inside linebacker in that playoff game against Jacksonville. And that was not a good showing by the defense that day. So, you know, I think it was, it was important. And I personally don't care if, I mean, I, I just want the best player to start. If it's Spillane, great. If it's Williamson, great. I don't really care. I just want the Steelers to, to have a, have a solid uh, inside linebacking court because uh, depth was a concern at that position going into the year. And, and you saw how important that can be when Devin Bush went down. If you don't have depth, uh, you're in serious trouble. So it's, 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 it's Spillane's playing well so far, as far as I'm concerned, I think he's playing well. Uh, but it's nice to have that insurance policy. And here's a comment. I'll, I'll take a little break here and, and, and highlight a comment by, if I can get it up here, by Mike O'Malley. The team is calling Spillane the brick. Avery is just added to the rotation. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're saying. I, again, they're going to say all the right things, but if you listen to people like, like, Arthur Moe, who does radio work now, and Brian McFadden, who's brilliant. I mean, I don't know if you ever listened to BMAC, but he is great. He's going to have his own show, some, like a, like a, he's going to be like a, he's going to have his own syndicated show, like a Colin Cowherd someday. I think he's really that good. And and Matt Williamson, who's a, uh, he works for Steelers Nation Radio. He, he's been he's a, he's been a scout in the league. He scouted for the Browns and the, the Pitt Panthers. He's on, he's of the opinion that that Williamson is going to be the starter. Uh, sooner rather than later, because he adds a, an element of speed that that uh, Spillane and, 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 and uh, Vince Williams don't have right now. So he's going to be a, he, they think he's going to be a starter. But again, it doesn't matter because I think by adding Williamson, you have a you have three solid players. And I think that's that's what you needed. So. Uh, but back to Williamson, how happy are you for this guy? Right. I mean, like, you know, there's not a whole lot you can relate to when it comes to football players, professional athletes in general, because, you know, they're, they're living in a different world, but you can relate to a, a guy who's, who's in a toxic work environment. Right. And, and that's certainly what the jets were or are this season. Uh, they're and eight, you know, Adam Gase is their head coach, which I mean, I don't even know why they, he's just another retread. He, there's nothing that in, 
inspiring about Adam Gase, right? He's just a, another guy. I don't know why the Jets decided to sign him after the Dolphins got rid of him. Uh, he's their head coach. He's not a very likable guy from what I understand. And they're tanking it um, for Trevor Lawrence just, uh, what, two years after they drafted Sam Darnold high. I mean, they should have been building the team around him. And instead, they're already maybe ready to move on from him and invest in another quarterback. So it's not a very good situation there. And, and it, I, th- I think it's hard to, no matter what kind of player you are, it's hard to show up to, to work every day and, 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 and put in quality work when you're in that kind of environment. So for him to go from 0-8 to 7-0 from a team that had – that was that looks very uh, uh, looks like it very easily could lose all of its games this year, all sixteen games. To go from that kind of environment to a team like the Steelers, that is is you know a serious contender for the Super Bowl once again. Uh, he's got to be you know walking on air right now. So it, I, I just I have to uh, I, I I can certainly relate to him. I mean, we've all been in those kind of situations at work where we just we can't we, we can't picture uh, our life ever being good again because we're in this kind of situation and and you know we can't picture you know ever being happy at work again and then you 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 leave that job and you find another one you're like oh yeah this is why I was so miserable at my former job because of how awesome a truly professional environment is so uh, kudos to Williamson for just for that alone, because I'm sure he feels like a, a kid in the candy store right now, just waiting to, to join his team and, 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 and to, to join his new teammates and, and to help them, uh, win a title in 2020. So, and speaking of the jets, it's just another reminder that what, how, and what the Steelers are doing this year, seven and oh, after missing the playoffs the last two years, what happens, they get their quarterback back and all of a sudden, Everybody's uh, starting to talk about whether or not they can they can go undefeated and you know finally uh, catch the seventy two Dolphins, right? This is what great organizations do, right? If you have the if you have the right owner, if you have the right general manager, if you have the right head coach, and if, if you have the quarterback, if you have a franchise quarterback, you could do a lot of things, uh, right? And and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Steelers. Uh, uh, still, still were aggressive last year, getting Micah Fitzpatrick, uh, st- still staying, uh, doing all that they could to make the playoffs, even though they, ju- they just fell short. And, and fortifying their defense, they, they, were, they were thinking in the present in 2019, but they were also thinking to the future because they knew more than likely Big Ben was coming back in 2020, and he was going to give them a chance to, to win again. And now here they are, uh, uh, trying, trying to make history. So, you know, everybody, everybody, a lot of people are, are always quick to want to get rid of this guy, want to get rid of that guy, fire him, make changes. But, you know, the Steelers are a, a legendary franchise for a reason. And when you're talking about the team that they're going to play on Sunday, the Cowboys, another legendary franchise, uh, what's the re- one of the reasons why they, they've struggled so much over the last 25 years since they beat the Steelers in Super Bowl 30. What's the, what's the, the, the common denominator with them? Their owner Jerry Jones, who uh, won't get out of his own way and hire an actual general manager, a guy who's or a woman who's good at their job, and instead he wants to play general manager because he wants to have all the control. And what is all, all he's really done is, is 
uh, more often than not, it's just, it's just collect stars. He, he doesn't really know, I don't, in my opinion, he doesn't know how to put a team together. He doesn't know how to build an actual team. He just likes to collect stars and, and, and make headlines. And, you know, they have, they've, I think they've won one or two, maybe two playoff games uh, since the nineties. It's just a, it's just a mess down there. And they have a, a, a worldwide fan base, just like the Steelers. And they have a lot of people who would, who still watch them every Sunday. And yet they can't give their, their fans a good product because, because of the owner. So it starts with the owner and, and it trickles down to everybody else. So, you, you know, when you have a good uh, infrastructure in place, like Pittsburgh does, you're always going to be, you know, you might have a couple down years, but more often than not, you're going to, you're going to be doing special things. So I'm certain, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that they're seven and zero, but I'm certainly not sh- shocked that Pittsburgh has rebounded and is a serious contender again. So that is the first half of this episode of Steelers Brunch with Tony. If you're watching on YouTube, please stick around and I will talk about a couple more things and take some questions. And if you're listening on, on a podcasting platform, please download part two of this episode of Steelers Brunch with Tony.